Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. On your mobile and on FM. From the home of time. This is Maritime Radio Greenwich. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he stops robbing his home. Live here on Maritime Radio. It's uh, Sunday evening after yesterday's uh, hugely disappointing 3 0 defeat at the hands of Swindon Town. My name is Louis Mendez. Uh, I hope you're well. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley, um, still with a face on, having travelled to Wiltshire yesterday. Terry Smith, how do you tell? I'm fine. Deaf now, but fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> I spent ages practicing that in the car on the way. Yeah, you got to warm me before I put yeah. the earphones on. Yeah, I was practising that on the car on the way here and accidentally hailed one, actually. Pulled over. What? Just shouting at yourself yeah. in a car. <laughs> yeah. And also the other voice you can hear there, Nathan with a hand in, Nath. Yeah, living the dreams always. Yeah, dream not tarnished slightly after yesterday? Or? Well, I wasn't living it yesterday, but... Um... <laughs> you made the mistake of actually having people around to watch yeah. the game on, on Charlton game on TV. Yeah, yeah I had a load of Spurs, ra- Spurs mates around, uh, which was... Um... 
Which they enjoyed it <laughs> for the wrong reasons. I can imagine they were, they were probably just happy to see Tactics Kim working his magic again and Johnny Jackson there, obviously. Which, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it was quite a bad day to be fair. Yeah, it was right. So on tonight's show, we are of course going to look back at that uh, defeat against Swindon Town uh, yesterday. Uh, we're going to hear from Russell Slade. We're going to very briefly hear the goals actually as well. Um, uh, here from Russell Slade. Also, of course, today uh, Card have announced their latest uh, escapade. They're going out to Belgium. Uh, in a, a stunt they're calling Taxi for Roland. They've got a taxi liveried up in the uh, in the card paraphernalia. It says, Roland, time to go. We want our Charlton back on it. There's beach balls. There's uh, there's pigs on it. Uh, they, they've decided to drive it out towards Belgium uh, for Roland's birthday, which is tomorrow. They're going to be in Belgium for the next couple of days. So of course, uh, we wanted to hear what was going to go on. So I spoke to Alan Davis from Card last night. We've got an exclusive interview with him to find out exactly what's going to happen uh, during this uh, interlude. Right, of course, we want to hear from you guys as well. Um, you can email studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at Charlton Live, or you can head over to the Charlton Life Forum where there's a thread on there we want to know your thoughts on yesterday's game uh, your thoughts on the taxi and anything you want to talk about Charlton wise uh, we've got plenty of emails that have already come into studio at charltonlive.co.uk so if you want to keep those coming in uh, we will endeavour to read those out this evening and let us know what you made of what, what really was tell uh, it was it was uh, just the whole, thi- the whole thing about yesterday from the start of the day when I had to get up at 6.30 to the end of the day when I got back to my car with a bloody parking ticket on it it was a bad day wasn't it yeah, I mean, I didn't suffer the parking ticket, obviously, but... Um, I think we all suffered it collectively. I'm taking it out of your, your show wages yeah, for tonight, so. You know, there are times when you're you know, following, following Charlton that uh, you're going to have bad days, of course, but <laughs> so even in those bad days, sometimes you can sort of catch it, glimmers of something. Do you know what I mean? There are normally something, trying to remain positive and say, well, yeah, I know we've got stuff, but uh, his performance was quite good, or... Uh, that happened, and uh, that was a nice, uh, a good sign. Such and such on the bench, or a younger kid making this debut, something to to just grab hold of to try and uh, make the day look or get something positive out of it. Yesterday, absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Not a thing. And that's why I think you'll find that this week's highlights aren't very long. <laughs> let's, have a, let's have a quick good. listen uh, to the goals from yesterday. Terry and Greg Stubbly guiding you through a very disappointing day at the county ground. Doherty was caught off the ball by Bauer, but there's play on. And Goddard cuts into his right foot. We'll find Murray. Murray shooting opportunities on the left oh, foot. Deflected. deflected. Oh, and it's crept into the back of the net. Murray will claim the goal. But it took a wicked deflection. I couldn't see it came off. Totally diverted. Definitely <laughs> rubbed to the wrong side. We're trapped in towards that right corner. It's given Swindon the lead just before half time. Well, that sort of sums it up. I mean, you can't, uh, we can't... Oh, and they're playing that. I don't believe they're playing this. Zero, uh, Lord. It's come off box. Um, it's, uh, uh, it's just, you know, uh, we can't really complain too much because, yeah, right, the way the goal came streaky and uh, it's just the way perhaps our luck's going. But, you know, if we don't threaten the opposition goal often enough, then you can't really complain when something goes wrong. And they're playing this. Right. Such a soft goal for chance to see just half time. As you said, Terry, they've not really been in the game too much, but going to the break, nil nil, you're probably thinking, make a couple of changes, make a tactical switch. Now trying to have to come from behind if they want to try and get sake out of this game. Goddard with the corner. My Philly is flicked on into the back post, and there's the second for Swindon. Totally free is Lloyd Jones. Corner came in from Goddard, flicked on the near post by Dirty, and at the back post, totally unmarked, Lloyd Jones to give Swindon their second of the afternoon. 
Well, it doesn't matter what formation you play, it doesn't matter um, how good your players are in certain areas of the pitch. If you just watch and allow other opposition players, men you're supposed to be marking, to do anything at all unchallenged, that's going to be the result. Not only was uh, was unchallenged at the edge of the box from the uh, from the corner, completely unchallenged Jones coming in at the far post. How can you possibly allow that to happen and think we're going to get away with it? Ball into the box looking for Hanlon, but he's waiting for it. And Branko steps in there first and win it, wins it back to Swindon. And now they attack down the Charlton midfield. Kasim running into the centre of the Charlton half. And, uh, last ditch attempt by Bowie. Ball gets out and slammed into the box by Goddard. Bauer attempted to get to Kasim, who'd been allowed to run towards the edge of the Charlton penalty area. The last ditch challenge, and it allowed the ball to run into an unmarked Goddard. We slammed the ball into an empty net, and that's game over. As you said, Terry, that's game over. Well, not an empty net. He had to beat Rudd, but uh, didn't need to uh, try too hard. Well, again, Kasim can't speak hardly enough of him today. Brings the ball forward. It looks like he's going straight to shoot. He somehow manages to find Goddard on the left-hand side. Goddard, as well, has been really impressive. Johnny Goddard fires the ball home past Rudd. Move less than... Oh, just over four minutes to go. I think they'll be going over. That's the lot. That's your time up. It's a couple of seconds early, which I'm not going to complain about. Charlton succumbed here at the county ground in Swindon. Not just to a 3-0 defeat, but in all areas, pretty much of the park. And there's been no real shining out of Charlton. We had a couple of skirmishes in the first half, a couple of near misses with a uh, Novak header and a half chance. It would save for uh, Patrick Bauer from a set piece, but other than that, it's been pretty much Swindon from start to finish. What's hard to explain that? Where, where did that come from? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yesterday was hard to explain. I've tried many times. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, uh. I see Ashley Peters saying that there was brilliant reaction to the goal music on the commentary. I'm sorry. Just to rub things in further. Paul I Bell did it as well. Bloody completely lost there. the will to live when that's um, we knew we knew going into the game that we had these players missing. We knew we knew that from that point of view we weren't going to be a full strength team. But that, that doesn't excuse anything we saw yesterday. Though. No, it's like what Terry said in the uh, commentary in terms of if we're not going to go forward and threaten the other team at all, then we ain't can't really sit there and feel sorry for ourselves for losing games because even before um, when obviously before the Saturday team sheet was released, we knew he was out of the three. Well, two decent players in Josh and Addy um, and Jordan. But then, as soon as I knew that Ricky wasn't he wasn't fit to make it, I knew he was going to struggle to create much, if anything. And the first sort of fifteen twenty minutes, I sort of knew where the game was heading. Mm. Um, and like Terry said, it was I just couldn't. I'm I'm trying to scrape the barrel, and like I can't get anything out of it, of any positive whatsoever. When you when you saw the way that Charlton were lining up, Terry, were you? Yeah, I can't imagine you felt confident, but we, 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 we went we went along with the the diamond in midfield, which I mean, Russell said during the interview that they'd been working at it throughout the week, and he wasn't really? he wasn't well, he said he wasn't expecting it to turn out the way it did. So I mean, obviously it was a disappointing performance, but with, with the way we'd set up, were you expecting different? Or? A few things surprised me. First of all, um, I expected us to be narrow because, um, as uh, as Nate said, with no homes, obviously we're missing um, Lookman. And so you, you expected us to, to be narrow. That aside, I also expected us to, given what Russell's done before, um, I expected a five-man. I actually expected a five-man midfield. Uh, I thought maybe Nicky Jose would play maybe behind um, 
Novak possibly, or even use Nicky Jose as a wide wide option. That that's sort of what I was expecting. When I saw the the, 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 the team sheet first, without knowing how we were going to line up, I thought, okay, well, maybe we are going to go four four two. I'm, you know, that's that's brave, and I haven't got a problem with that. Um, it's it's just going to mean that uh, your, your two central midfield players have really got to work hard, and they've got, you know, and and they're capable of doing that because they've shown they're capable of doing it. So then, when I saw the way we were set up with uh, this, as you say, diamond formation with Cross sitting in front of the back four, you had then um, what appeared uh, in the first half at least, Overstead was out left. Which I mean, an utter waste <laughs> of a player. Um, Johnny Jackson was in mid, in, in the centre, and then Foley was on the right. What it meant was because the opposition were lining up with pretty much. Well, I mean, it, it sometimes it was a five-man uh, defence, sometimes a five-man midfield. Um, but uh, whatever whatever they were doing, they were overrunning us in that area. And uh, Crofts was wasted in front of the back four because, uh, for the most part, he didn't see the ball. Um, and when you know when when he did see the ball, it was uh, you know panicking in front of the back four. And I think if anything, that stopped um, the back four being as effective as it, especially the front, the middle two, being as effective as they normally are because they normally they normally like to uh, dom- dominate that sort of central defensive position. Uh, and they probably the, the pair of them probably had the worst um, performance of the, of the set. And I'm, I'm convinced it's because Cross was sitting in front of them. Mm. And not allowing it, you know, they, they, getting in their way, yeah, you, possibly, sort of, yeah. yeah. Um, so there were, uh, I, d- I didn't grasp it, and then I, what I didn't grasp even more was that he didn't change it, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> because he, it clearly didn't work. Yeah, I mean, at half time he, he, tra- he made the change with uh, Foley coming off for uh, Hanlon, uh, which you assume would have given us a bit more going forward. I mean, he, I mean the, the, the second goal came straight after half time anyway, so that would have ta- probably taken the wind out of any sails there anyway. But even then, we didn't really show much going forward. After anyway, nothing. I mean, mm. abs- ab- almost absolutely nothing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think our first shot was uh, getting in towards um, half time, and uh, I think we had uh, and they were headers anyway. No, mm. it was Lee Novak. I think we got the first header that was over the bar, and that was our uh, that was our first attempt on um, on goal, uh, and we had to wait something in the region of forty minutes for it. Mm. Uh, it was uh, oh, it was just just a shocking day all round. Yeah, um, yeah, Yassir Kassim, the the Swindon captain. We mentioned uh, just while we listened back to the highlights, so the, for the third goal, he he ran pretty much. You know, he, he got he got the ball in in the Charlton half and was pretty much ran untroubled for 30, 40 yards before laying it off to Goddard on, on the left hand side. But you felt you felt that, that that seemed to be the the way the game went completely really in midfield. Well, we were as I said when, with Croft sitting in front of the back four, which means you basically had a three man uh, midfield. Uh, and they had five most for most of the time. You had Otterwill, and you know when you're going to play narrow because you haven't got any wide options. Um, they're going to set up. So, uh, or you know, I reckon they looked at us and thought they're going to be missing the wide options. Uh, that's where we're going to um, be our, mo- at our most effective. And you had Otterwill, and I think it was Furlong on the other side as, as defenders. But for the most part, uh, because there was nobody, nobody to mark, uh, spent the time in midfield as well. So sometimes they probably they had six, seven in there, and were completely overrun. We were. Absolutely over on the ball. It was like the centre, the, the, the back four were playing war ball uh, because it wasn't sticking up front. It was just coming straight back, and uh, you know, trying to play through the middle was almost impossible. Absolutely impossible because of uh, because of the way we were set up. The Swindon certainly fired a couple of warning signs. I noticed how how much their fullbacks were getting forward. Furlong and I, I called him Oromonde. I don't know where you Otto went. World, I think wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, I went for he's got a double double barreled jobby. So I went for the first one. You went for the second I went for one. The second one yeah. That's going to confuse us. But <laughs> they, they were getting forward quite a lot. Anyway. Number three. Yeah, they were getting forward quite a lot anyway. But um, well, they had nobody to stop them. Yeah, mm. and and also and, and they fired. I mean, again, I, I always do this. I'll show, I'll show you my notes. 
Brooks wins and chances Charlton chances that's the whole game <laughs> so I've got two down for Charlton I mean they, they were getting forward much much better and, and they, they had fired warning shots before that goal came just for half time everything seemed to go wrong I mean for the, when, they, when we brought Hanlon on just for that first couple of minutes he chased Ottawa back and and uh, I thought, and I didn't mention it in the commentary. I thought, well, at least that's going to stop happening. He's going to mm. he's going to be he's gonna, at least going to be busy. Ottawa. He's going to have to he's going to have to be marked and have and have to mark um, Brandon Hannah. So I thought, well, at least they keep him occupied. Maybe he won't come forward so much. We might actually uh, get back into this if if that continues. What happened about ten minutes in? Well, certainly after the goal, um, they swapped it with Lee Novak at the back. We never tracked back once, <laughs> uh, and that third goal was symptomatic of that as well, and mm. possibly even the second one because. Uh, there was nobody at the back post to, to pick up the guy yeah, who scored it. That was particularly sloppy to second. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, 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 the goal, as I say, had been coming uh, when it did come on the stroke of half time. I think, I think Morgan, unlucky to be credited with an own goal there. The shot was going wide. Yeah, and he didn't stick a foot out or anything. Yeah, just, mm-hmm. just, just hit him, him on the hill, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just the way, the, when, when it came off his hill, I, 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 the way the ball spun, I actually thought it was still going wide the other side at first, but then the spin on the ball and it just creeps in. And, you know, I guess if, if you are playing badly then you're hoping to scrape through to half-time with a nil-nil and, and to try and mix things up, and we, we just didn't. Well, I mean, to be fair, though, look what we had on the bench. I mean, and, and I'm not, um, you know, with all due respect to everybody who was on there, uh, I'm talking about what options we had uh, on the bench. Hanlon and, and Umera are central units, aren't they, really? There's no, uh, there's no wide options on the bench at all. I mean, when you've got Reagan, Charles Cook in, in, and uh, possibly even Carl and Herne Grant, um, who have had first-team experience, so it's not as if uh, they, 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 they can't play. Uh, in the first team, or, or um, so, um, I was disappointed not to see either of them two at least in the squad. I know that. Um, um, uh, no, 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 no. The, the uh, kid who played well on uh, on Tuesday, Aribo. Yeah. Sorry, I know uh, Joe Aribo travelled, yeah. but wasn't. Yeah, so, uh, wasn't yeah, so that, that disappointed me that you yeah. didn't figure. You see could, that? You see that quite often where a player would travel. Yeah, not I, I sort of grasp it. I mean, because he's a young kid, and so that. You know, I I can understand there are there are reasons to do it and reasons not to. So you know, that fair enough is a decision that the manager has to make, and he made it. But the other two seasoned now, you could call them senior pros, um, uh, Hearn Grant and uh, and Reagan Charles Cook. Why not throw them in there? There's a wide option because they can play wide. Um, in the end, we had uh, we got obviously uh, Chickson uh, there as well, and three centre halves. <laughs> but we, we we seem to have had three centre halves on the bench quite a few times this. Uh this, uh, but, this season, but again, when you've got um, uh, three players short, uh, three attacking players short, that makes less sense. Yeah, um, mm. I, I, I tell you what, I, I was thinking on the way back in the car, I'd, I'd have sort of understood it if Ezri Konza was was picked and played at l- let's say right right side, um, uh, right back even, and then push Chris Solly into midfield, mm. who at least gives you that attacking option because he he does it from right back. So and and he's got a bit of an engine on him, Chris. So uh, getting uh, up and down the line wouldn't be wouldn't have been a problem. So we've, we've, we've seen him <coughs> in the midfield before. Exactly. So why not? Yeah. Uh, I just noticed a tweet actually coming from Mike. Said interesting listening uh, about Novak. He had the cheek to cup his ears to the covered end in the last home game. I mean, when you see tweets like that, it always it, it does make me think. I know we're, we're probably going slightly off subject here, but uh, I wonder what the relationship is a bit like between the players and the fans at the moment. Because some some fans seem to a bit rolled up at, at times these days, don't they? Well, you know, <clears throat> the situation we're in uh, will uh, will cause that. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know why. Uh, I don't know if Novak has been uh, been getting particular stick. I've not uh, I've not seen it, so um, maybe. 
Um, maybe he has. And I haven't got a real problem with players doing it if they've been getting stick. Because yeah. if uh, uh, if you give it, you've got to be prepared yeah. to take it back. And so fans shouldn't get the ump just because the player gives it back to him when he's got... <laughs> so, but uh, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know quite why, particularly. I mean, he hasn't played that often to really get, <laughs> to get some stick, has he? Uh, second goal, so it came about five minutes after half-time. Uh, Goddard's coming up. Well, Goddard was busy yesterday. He was a good player. He looked... Um, Flicked over at the near post, and as you say, tell it was Lloyd Jones, the defender, who was pro- probably happy just to have something to do. But um, he, he was there at the far post to, to fire it home. In fact, I mean, he he fired us a warning shot in the first half as well because there was that corner that came over to the far post where he volleyed it down into the ground and unmarked. I think Solly was on the post. He tried to come out and, and block, but couldn't. But I mean, I, looking at the replays, can you see he was supposed to be picking him up at the far post? <clears throat> I've got to be honest, I didn't notice. Um, uh, but and, and nor did our back four. Uh, I'd I, I guess as he's a centre half, it's normally the, the striker coming back. I would guess. Mm. I mean, I, um, because your centre halves have got to pick up um, the two strikers that are already there, unless they are smaller centre halves, uh, smaller strikers. But neither of them were. I think both of uh, uh, Swindon's front two were of a decent size. Uh, so um, look, it doesn't really matter, does it? It was somebody's job. Uh, but as well as as much as the the guy who scored it, um, who I think was. Uh, um, their centre half on it, the uh, uh, Lloyd Jones, I think was the one. Yeah, Lloyd Jones, yeah. the one got second. Yeah. Um, as much as uh, leaving him alone was criminal, letting the guy at the near post, at uh, the, the edge of the six yard box, flick it on in the first place, yeah. Un- yeah. unfettered, it was was equally as yeah. uh, ridiculous. And I guess, um, as as you say, like I think, I mean, we had tried to change things slightly at half time. I think if that was going to have any effect, I think that would have been negated as soon as that second goal goes in and the, and the winder in, uh, is in wind, uh, Swindon's Windon, Swindon <laughs> sales. Um, the only thing, I think one of the only uh, points we can have perhaps cause to, uh, for complaint yesterday is we, we should have had a penalty. Oh, I no, think, one. Absolutely on, uh, no one. The Brandon's yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Pulled, yeah. Uh, Jose, uh, Jose. Now we didn't over. see that. I mean, we could see it. Uh, and Actually, the, the referee was in the same eye line as we were uh, albeit we were higher, mm. but he had no. Uh, there was nothing, nothing in between the referee and the, and uh, looking at that incident to stop him seeing that at mm. all. Uh, and from the sideline, it was clearly seen because you could see the guy pull the shirt back. Now whether Brandon Anna would have got to it, I'm not sure, but it's irrelevant. Yeah, definitely. I, I, just bizarre that they didn't. That, I guess uh, they didn't give it. that would have about what, what was that? 15 minutes from the end, maybe. And so that would have given us a. Well, maybe we'd have had to score it first, and uh, that, that's <laughs> no that's no nailed on certainty, either, is yeah. it? As we're saying, we were saying pitch side yesterday. I think if we'd have that penalty, we'd have hit the crossbar. Really and gone, gone, up gone the yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there is the third goal. Actually, um, watching it back, I thought it was actually quite a nice finish from from Johnny Goddard. It was, but, yeah, but he was left alone. Yeah, exactly. It was it was a one on one finish, um, and uh, yeah, as you say, you, and you think that's Novak not not tracking back? Well, uh, I think it's symptomatic of that. Yeah, I mean maybe by the time it was 2-0 with that, that amount of time to go the players had already realised that yeah. the, the game had gone but um, uh, yeah he was uh, a midfield player that wasn't tracked yeah. uh, but then that happened the whole game I mean Kasim you mentioned uh, a lot of their midfield players suddenly had their best games of the season well it's yeah. not, not difficult when you're allowed to play by yourself yeah. and not be uh, not be tackled once yeah. given all that time and space wouldn't they so. yeah. we've got a couple of tweets in from the 2% which we're going to deal with in a, in a little while just once we've got past the game we've got a whole section on the, the protests out in Belgium uh, Mr 2% so we'll be speaking about that uh, shortly um, obviously we were at the game so we, we, we know how the, the fans reacted within the stadium they weren't too happy now if you were, you were watching it at home what sort yeah. of reaction did we get from the Sky pundits uh just, I don't know. It's just they, everyone, even Sky saying we weren't, you know, we just weren't at it basically. And everyone I spoke to who watched the game just f- couldn't believe how bad we actually were and uh, how sort of ineffective our midfield was. And um, it's just, it's just as soon as we get we go one nil down, you look like Terry. Look at that bench and 
you just don't know what, what you're going to do and how you're going to try and muster some sort mm. of point or a shot. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So that's the that's the sort of frustrating thing from yesterday. So I guess the point is now. So so like, like we said at the, at the start, we knew we knew that we weren't going to have uh, the likes of Botark and McGuinness and Lookman and we, and we was, you know, apparently it was fifty fifty during the week, but I think it was less than that with Holmes. I think we think that was probably a bit of mind games from yeah. Russell there. Yeah. Um, so we knew that. So so we put that to one side. Obviously we were. Uh, short, short-handed because of that. Should we be in a situation where I mean, I'm, I think most teams, if they lose three or four good players, will think well, all of a sudden. But would they be that down to the bare bones, or sh- should we be? <laughs> is the age-old question which we could ask every week: Is the squad where it needs to? Well, be? I think if if we if if we had any doubts before, I think uh, those doubts have disappeared now mm. because um, quite clearly, uh, we if we can't cope with three players missing. Uh, because I, you know, people are saying four. Forget Jordan about forget about Bataka because he's only he's, he's only been a bit part. Uh, as good as he, he looks like he can be, but he's, he's only been a bit part for us. So basically, we've we've only lost three players. I say only, but <laughs> they happen to be three of our best players. They happen to. I mean, two of them uh, ship uh, chipped in for half of our goals this season. Uh, you add Holmes into the equation, and that's probably two thirds. I suspect <laughs> of our goals disappeared. So of course, it's going to be a massive effect on us and. Um, it shows, if anything, how bare we are. I mean, if we've got Hanlon Umera on the bench, uh, George Gisera unlikely to play, but he's on the bench as well, that means we're thin. Yeah. Completely. Uh, because regardless of whether or not you say, well, yeah, Hanlon's going to be a good player, Umera's going to be a good player, I happen to agree they might be. But, um, and Chickson, um, still not really convinced uh, on uh, Chickson for me, it's capable enough, but um, he's not going to set the world like you don't think he's going to. Uh, I haven't seen, maybe that's unfair because I haven't seen enough of him, but yeah. um, if, uh, if you can't replace uh, three of your best players uh, with at least one or two capable um, substitutes, then we're, and we're struggling, as we clearly did, then we've got to get the cash out in January. Got to. Because yeah. we were talking. Um Throughout, throughout the season, I think it's fair to say after the Chesterfield game, which we won one nil, but we we didn't set any set the world alight at all. Um, we we look we, we mentioned last week against Scunthorpe that the, for the first time we felt we looked like a team that's actually quite exciting, actually quite good. You know, actually have something about them to to go toe to toe with the team that's the top of our league. Obviously, it's a cup game, so it's slightly different, but. Um, but before that, we have been saying this season. We, whereas we have won a few games, what three or four, we have, at no point really have we looked like a team that is going to go up. And whereas you can get a little bit of momentum, which you're going to try and work with that five games we've had before the uh, before the Swindon game. If you put in performance of that level, having missing just two or three players, then when you look at the season as a whole, you don't think, well, this is a team that's going to be consistently good enough to, to do anything. And, and we haven't seen that at all this season. We took on Scunthorpe, and um, I think I, I committed the reason we won uh, so convincingly was because we actually, our midfield four, put in a performance uh, that I hadn't seen too often this season. In other words, they put in a battling performance. They actually rolled their sleeves up, won balls in midfield um, and, and competed in midfield, which I still think is a fairly light area for us. Uh, and we need to add to that area, in my opinion. But uh, as well as we did against Scunthorpe, was as poor as we did uh, in stark contrast yesterday because uh, uh, there was nothing in that midfield yesterday. Now, I don't think the tactics helped, but even so, the players just weren't, uh, weren't up for it. Now, it, you can blame the management for not, uh, not making that happen, absolutely. But the players have got to take some responsibility as well. Yeah, uh, tweets have come flying in, starting yesterday actually. Um, 
Uh, James Moynard said uh, that performance shows that we'll go nowhere this season. No depth, good first 11, but that's about it. And he's hashtag that frustrated. Uh, Mark said sympathy for whoever's doing Charlton Live tonight, suggesting <laughs> that the boys take a few bottles with them. <laughs> We're just, uh, just having a couple of coffees just to try and keep us over. Ro- uh, what's that say? Broken Pillows. That's a good name. Says embarrassing to start Tim Sherwood's next 100% win record. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, right, let's, uh, we've got a few more tweets to come in and we've got emails to deal with as well. If you want to contact the show, you can email studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can leave a message for us on the Charlton Live forum. There's a thread for tonight's show. Uh, or you can tweet us at Charlton Live. Let us know what you made of yesterday's game. Uh, let's listen back though. Russell Slade, um, came out to speak to me and tell, uh, <laughs> yesterday. Um, I, I, f- it's fair to say, thankfully for us, I think he, took, he seemed to take five minutes extra after the Sky interview to, to calm down a bit because we know we know how angry he will normally be after a performance like that. And but he, he seemed a bit calmer than we were expecting yesterday, didn't he? Which Definitely, we, yeah, which we were a bit surprised about. Uh, but uh, and we will say this: he, whereas last season uh, with Carroll and with Jose, perhaps if we play bad, and I, I maybe mean, Carroll was the worst one for it. Maybe Jose sometimes if we play badly. Uh, you'd have to coax it out of them to say, look, you were pretty poor today, weren't you? I think you don't need to do that with Russell, do you? You don't have to give him a difficult interview because he he's very honest. I think, um, well, he knows. I mean, he, you know, very he's a footballing man, and uh, if something is clearly... Uh, and, it's, and it's been shown on the telly, so uh, there are millions of people out there who've seen exactly what we have, then uh, you can't hide from that. Mm. And, and to be fair to Russell, he's never tried. I, I think that's one thing you've got to say in his favour. He's, he's always come out and said it as it is. And this is him. This is Russell Slade saying it as it is after yesterday's uh, hugely disappointing defeat at Swindon. Russell, uh, a defeat at Swindon today. All your feelings after that? Uh, it was a poor performance today, Lou. Get game, game 16. Um, we probably put in, collectively, our worst performance of the season. Um, yeah, we had a few bodies missing, but I- I- even so... If, if we're not quite at it and we've had to adapt, in other words, change our shape a little bit to, 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 to get players in, and we had still had experienced players in the side, um, didn't play with the intensity that we needed to play with, um, we didn't create enough opportunities, can only apologise to everybody, it was a poor performance and um, we will need to show a strong reaction from that in our next game. You say you had to make changes before the game. You had to make. You, you tried to make a change at half time as well, but the second goal came so soon after it, perhaps negated any chance of that. Yeah, they, they got the goals, haven't they? At key times, one just before half time, and then, which was a little bit fortunate, he's taken incredible ricochet off off, off Morgan Fox to go in, um, and, and then the second goal was really disappointing because we do defend well, largely from set plays and. Uh, the, the mentality of, of picking up um, wasn't there and it was too easy an opportunity for them to score so that's given them you know, real breathing space in the second period to get on the front foot made it difficult for us however as, as poor as we were at times we, we had a great penalty shout um, on Brandon turned down um, he's, 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 both the officials I think are in a good position you can s- clearly see the tug on his shirt which has stopped him going for the header um, and, and that was disappointing because we needed a lifeline then and, and that's what it would have been a lifeline with, with you know I don't know 15 minutes to go to, to get something out of the game where you know in, in a game in, in all honesty we didn't deserve to get anything out of as well publicised you had your players on international duty you had Ricky Holmes missing from injury as well I think that's exactly the sort of player perhaps you needed today someone to drive with the ball yeah we lack that energy we lack that energy that he can provide uh, we know that and, and Josh provides that energy as well and 
and, and, and Luckman obviously creates those moments for us. But um, still, still disappointed with with what we still had. Um, I think we still could have done so so much better. Didn't really see it coming. Trained well, worked hard on what we were attempting to do today. But I can, listen, I can only apologise. It was a poor performance. I'm bitterly disappointed on the side. It's not my kind of team out there. Some of our decision making was was well, started was fairly average to start with and just got worse as the game went on you said that Ricky Holmes was 50-50 before the game how, how is his foot now? he's still very sore in all, in all fairness Luke um, but l- l- let's hope he's uh, you know one of those that can be available for next weekend talks about building a seed of momentum over the last few weeks it's important that they don't let this one game completely ruin that now yeah yeah we, we've let our, our standards slip um, and, and that's why you need an immediate, immediate reaction to that um, to, to get back on that run. Because I was so disappointed. We started to build, you know, p- build a few bricks and, and, and looking nice and resilient. And then we, we go and we, we go and put that sort of performance in, which is, which is not acceptable. In hindsight, Russell, this game on the telly during the international break uh, is it a game that perhaps we shouldn't have played at all. Well, look, there's always those questions. Is it, have they got an advantage because we've had, you know, three players plucked out? Yeah, of course, it's, it is an advantage. But um, still, I'm not using that as an excuse. I don't want to make excuses. Today's performance um, wasn't good enough. When the game is as flat, as, or when the side seems as flat as it is, and you're looking for, as you said, a break, a spark of yeah. something, yeah. we get the deflected goal in the first half, which means just before half-time, then... Yeah. Early goal, second half, and then yeah. that penalty appeal not go your way. From the sideline, you're thinking, this is not a day. No, no. Well, well, exactly that. I'm hoping to get through to half-time. It's not been a fantastic first half. We've, we've created very little. In all fairness, they hadn't created an awful lot either. There wasn't a lot in the game first half. They were probably slightly the better side. But um, to get that goal just before half-time was, was a bit of a kick. Um, and, and, then, and then, of course, we, we've changed, thrown on Brandon as well to try and give us a bit more firepower, strength, pace down the, down the right-hand side. Um, and they get a goal from a, penalty, uh, from, a, from a corner, which is bitterly disappointing. So, you know, just all escalated against us today. But, you know, we'll live to fight another day. And we, we, need, we need a strong reaction to that performance today because it's not acceptable today. Um, from a chart perspective, fans, management, players alike, it's about getting those boys fired up with the plus with the players coming back in time for, for next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well, obviously there'll be there'll be greater competition for places. That's for sure. So am I still waiting for this world to stop hating? Can't find a good reason. Can't find hope to believe in. Ray Herbrock, can he get across into the middle? He can. Yeah. There's Cousins to the far post. Charlton Live. <laughs> From the home of time. Home of time. This is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. Let's not make Charlton now into a team uh, who's going everywhere and must win and must be better than uh, the home side. Charlton Live. So welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. That was Russell Slade after yesterday's uh, hugely disappointing defeat. Like I say, he's very honest, tell. Uh, as, as we were saying before, and you can't you can't really argue with that, which I think is is fair enough. But you know, a lot of fans make asking questions. We'll have a few tweets to read out soon. I mean, do you think he's hamstrung with the squad he's got? 
There's a little bit of that, I think, uh, no question. I think, <coughs> um, and, and as I mentioned before, it's clear that uh, uh, us missing those three players uh, is not something we can handle and manage. So, you know, as we go into the second half of the season, you've got to imagine that Holmes is going to miss a few because he's, he's the sort of player that invites tackles. Yeah. Uh, and so he's going uh, to miss some through injury, you'd expect. Um, Adam Ola-Lookman, can he do a whole season? Uh, he's only a young kid. Um, is that fair? Uh, and can we expect it? Possibly not. McGuinness probably out of the three you'd expect um, could be the one that uh, that's lasts the pace. But what it shows, therefore, is that we need replacements. Yeah, I mean, Dan's just what you're doing now. He, said, he says at the end there's going to be competition for places now, and that sounded like a stern warning to the squad. But Dan's quite rightly said, well, where is the competition? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like who? <laughs> yeah, the, the irony wasn't lost uh, yesterday while we were there, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, right, that's uh, uh, Freddie Saunders yesterday. said, I only saw parts... At lunchtime, mid break, uh, mid break uh, from refereeing train, but it looked absolutely dire. Yep, uh, <laughs> she's not. No one heard that one. <laughs> not too, uh, not too far off there. Um, Ashley says, uh, "I don't think we could get any worse than we did at Gillingham, but yesterday proved that we actually can." A dreadful game. Um, I do think that was our worst performance of the season. I, I still think Oldham at home's got got a, a, a torch to bear there. <clears throat> I think. Um I don't know whether, yeah, no, I'd, I'd still say yes. I mean, uh, the difference being, I suppose, is that um, the older one, we had more players available and, it, and yeah. we still played like that. So, so I guess you could be right. But mm. uh, I think from a, from a, just from a, a perspective that you had to get up at stupid o'clock in the morning to get there, um, you got that magic roundabout outside, which is probably the only um, high point of the whole day. The magic roundabout is actually well, really <coughs> easy to use. Is that, I, I yeah, think coming it's out, well, What is it? No, uh, well, what it is, it's a roundabout with four roundabouts around it. <laughs> it's no, and it is as bizarre as that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, five, it's five. It's I think it's five mini roundabouts yeah. all in a big circle. Five, is it? Yeah. So <clears throat> effectively, if you want, if, if, instead of coming to a big roundabout, we have to go around. You can go the wrong way around it, and so you can cut through. It's hard to explain, but once you actually get there, it, it looks really scary. But when you actually get on it, it's actually quite easy. It's just well, like, only because you just close your eyes and put your foot. Down, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so <laughs> I, I did. I did make one person screech your hole as, as as I drove across quite carelessly. <laughs> it was pretty much. I mean, and, and from our commentary position, and and I should say that's another thing. We, you get to the ground and uh, you're thinking um, it's raining. Oh, great, uh, it's going to be cold, and then which I don't mind actually, um, but you know it's going to be cold. Wrapped up, I've got the stuff. That's fine. We'll set up. And then you look up to where our commentary position is, right at the back, mm. which is always, you know, especially my age, uh, and my knees, getting up there, uh, only to uh, to be faced with you your commentating from inside a box. Yeah. Which I hate. Yeah, it's not passion, good, is it? Because you can hear yourself as well, which doesn't yeah. help. But, um, uh, so, that, I mean, just everything about the day from start to finish was horrible. Yeah. But weirdly, the, our, our little box where we were sacked, we were in the one next to you, someone had taken away the windows, so no, it was sort of inside, good. but sort of not. Yeah. Yeah, I, I should have done that myself. Yeah. Uh, don't forget, later on in the show, we're going to have an exclusive interview with Alan Davis, who's uh, part of the card uh, taxi, for, taxi for Roland stunt. They're out in Belgium today. I spoke to him last night. Uh, and we also want to continue hearing your views. We've got a few more tweets to read out before you head on to the emails. Uh, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. Let us know what you made of yesterday's performance, uh, if you can call it that. And, uh, and uh, you know, what you want to make of the card, Russell Slade. Anything you want to talk about, uh, Channel Wise, get your views in. Roland, time to go on Twitter, says a disgraceful performance from everyone, from manager to players. When will we go out to win games rather than happy to draw? He looks like he's set up to draw and happy with the points. Sack him now and bring in another manager that attacks teams. I mean, I, I stand by personally, I, I just don't see the point in sacking Russell. I think, you know, 
I can't see anyone be doing care- any be- better with his with his squad. Be careful what you wish for, yeah. by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We don't know what 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 other replacement mm. they possibly would have. But there um, are there are plenty of people out there who want him gone. Which yeah, I, I, you hear yeah. it on this show week in week out now. Yeah, which you know people are, you know more than entitled to their viewing that. But I'm yeah. I'm in your camp. I think I don't think it's going to achieve anything second yeah. him now. Um, I don't with the squad you've got as well. I don't see any manager that can come in and do I mean that, that much different yeah. I, I get the point that, that, that they're making to a certain extent but you know when you look at the game against Scunthorpe and, and what we achieved because we actually did go out look like we both teams went out to win it hmm. uh, football, it, uh, well exactly yeah. we, we just looked um, more threatening last week against Scunthorpe um, we didn't look threatening at all yesterday so I get the point because um, you know if when we're capable of going out and winning games admittedly Yesterday, I could I could have sort of understood it if we went out there and set up to be tight and uh, and difficult to break down and uh, frustrate the opposition uh, by putting five across the midfield or something like that and he went up front. I'd under I'd have understood it because of having lost three key players, but we didn't do that. <laughs> That's the bit that <laughs> the bit that, that really threw me completely is that we didn't set up as a team to do what we ended up ended up doing, which was yeah. surrendering. <laughs> Yeah, Roland Tantagos says, I'm going to have to count this up, says we had nine defenders in, in the squad. I yesterday. thought there was only eight, but doing, I could be doing missing it now, one. Doing it now. Yeah, so yeah, you go, you go through that and type, and type it up, uh, counting up, sorry. Matthias Johnson says, central midfield uh, were awful yesterday. Jackson was awful. You know it was bad when only one player, which was Declan Rudd, can come out with any pride. Is that how you felt? Uh, tell, did, did anyone other than Rudd? Yeah, well, that's probably fair. Um, uh, Rudd made a cut, made one very good save at the feet. Um, he had to come out, and, and uh, I'm trying to think who it was. It might have been um, uh, Goddard, um, who uh, who was over the field day in midfield. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's probably fair. Actually, I mean, uh, everybody else. <clears throat> I mean, I I don't like picking out the back four particularly um, because they were they had, they were they were in an impossible position. Yes, the, the amount of defending they had to do. Mm. Uh, going through that game, uh, not going through a ninety-minute game, constantly being battered, uh, is a difficult thing to to have to to have to try and uh, manage. And, and the thing is, we we haven't conceded many goals. This, I mean, that no. must be the first time we conceded three off the top this of my head. It's the first time we conceded two in a league game since August, I think. They yeah. said on Sky on that's, yesterday. Yeah, so that's, that's what I've, this season. I don't think our defence has been that bad. It's been our it's our going forward. I think it's been the problem. Yeah. But. Um, but yeah, obviously yesterday it just didn't click on whether or not that was due to, as Terry alluded to earlier, about cross playing in that little bit in front and then them not having, being able to cover their own areas and the way they, they're used to playing, I don't know. But yeah, it sort of went to pot yesterday and um, yeah, it's very unlike us to sc- concede. For, I think it is the first time we've conceded. Well, before yesterday we, we were up there with one of the meanest defences in the league. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, I just noticed the last couple of weeks that... Conceding from corners has crept back in now. That was a problem we had all of last season. I think it was 20-something we conceded from corners last season. We had it at the start of this season. Remember, Berry away. Uh, and then and then it seemed to tighten up. I think we conceded from a long throw at Cheltenham. The, the, these crosses into the box from set pieces. We tightened up with that until the last couple of weeks where one's crept in against Gunthorpe and now one's gone in this, this time as well. So that's that's something that... Maybe that is a sign when, when things are starting to get sloppy again in the defence, when, when, when set pieces start to fall apart. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, and <clears throat> the disappointing thing about yesterday's set piece was that uh, not only did we not um, cover the guy at the front, at the near post, um, who... who, who Pulled out to the edge of the six-yard box. Not only did not cover him, we didn't cover in the, the defender who, who creeped around the back. Yeah. I mean, that's just criminal. Yeah. 
Uh, Jason Face, I have a question on the defence here. Jason Face, says, big question is, why does George Teixeira not get a game? He's way too good to sit on the bench. I mean, he's hashtagged it all just from above. I know that was denied by Katrine during... I, I, I don't think that's the case. No, I don't I mean, I, Well, I think the case is, is we're gonna, we, we, we are desperate to get rid of him because he's... He's earned, he earns so much money. Yeah, I think <clears throat> we want to get him off the wage roll for one. But hmm. uh, I would sort of agree. But I actually think, and up until yesterday, I thought this anyway, that uh, Pierce and Bauer um, were too good to drop. So yeah, bringing oh, bringing Teixeira in uh, at the expense of who? Because both yeah. of them were playing well after yesterday. Maybe I'm not so sure, but um, I think when they're playing well, Bauer and, and uh, Pierce would be my first two picks anyway. Yeah. So uh, I wonder. I wonder with Russell because we know he. Uh, you, you think he likes a certain type of player in terms of attitude as well. I wonder if he doesn't like George in, in that vein, or it's the fact that he knows we're going to try and well, get rid of him in January, and therefore he doesn't want him to well, be part of our plans. That, that makes the reason why he was in the squad and in the in, and actually in the, on the subs bench even more strange. Because if he doesn't want to be there, if nobody wants him there, why put him there? Would you rather <laughs> at Roger the Johnson expense of? Well, no, but, yeah. but there's a, as another centre half because we've yeah, got Conza and Lennon. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, centre half true. cover, so we've got two already. The likelihood of us losing both centre halves is slim in the extreme. So why have him there? Why not put in a Reagan Charles Cook or a Carl Nahan Grant? It just makes no sense. Mm-hmm. That I, I really didn't get it. Yeah, John Pitcher says, "I see Slade has called for a reaction from the team. Only three weeks since the last one. How many more times <laughs> yeah. this season? That is something. I mean." Uh, when, when you're trying to build momentum, if you, when, when you're constantly having to react to, to games that haven't gone so well. I mean, like I said, that's the first defeat in five in the league, and Russell was keen to point out that there had been a, what he called a seed of momentum over the last few weeks. But I don't know whether... It, I mean, it seemed to me that um, the players let the fact that we were missing three, possibly four, uh, of our normal first-team squad get to them. That's how it seemed to me. Mm. So from the, from the minute one, they didn't <coughs> seem comfortable enough uh, or... Um, um, I wouldn't say had the desire, that's probably not fair, but they certainly didn't, I don't think, I think they let the fact that those four players were missing get to them to the point where they, they, they thought they couldn't cope mm. and, and they let it affect them, uh, which, is, which is strange, but that's how, that's how it seemed to me. Uh, Dan says, Slade tactics are embarrassing, that's why he's never won promotion in his career, he will not, uh, we will not get out of this league with him. Uh, and then Charlton XL says Slade said Slade said it was not my kind of team out there today so whose team was it <laughs> yes <laughs> again that's something when he mentioned it yesterday I thought that's going to be picked up yeah Jason uh, says the squad was three players short to start the season more lies from Katrine Mayer when she he said that when she said uh, that we're going to have a top six budget uh, I mean <laughs> that top six budget uh, quote at the start of the season that's one that comes back to kick you in the backside when you're not in a top six anyway. always likely yeah <laughs> Um, right, Dave Max says Roland again not committed to providing a squad that can compete at the level required. Unfit and improper owner, he should leave. And I mean that is the point that I feel I've, I I want to make is I, I think the squad once again has fallen short. I mean I think there's, there's so many problems at this club. Um, well, <coughs> now I'm, I'm, I know I'm not defending that at all. By the way, and I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit here, I guess. But when you've got the likes of who we got out on loan, um, Igor, Tony. Igor. Tony, we, uh, Sar, 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 we've got six, maybe six players out on loan hmm. that, that we're still paying the wages for. So, hmm. look, what the point I'm getting at is, when you're, uh, no matter who owns who owns you, uh, almost certainly the club's got a budget. Almost certainly. Now, all right, we all think you know he's a billionaire. So, ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Half a billionaire, so he should be throwing money at us. I agree with that because why bother otherwise? Yeah. Um, but let's say that you say to, at the outset uh, you want to run this in a sort of business like fashion. That's your budget for the year. Spend it as you will on the players. You've got enough money there to buy players, uh, and that on transfer fees, that on uh, wages. That's your budget. That's what you've got to work within. Fine. So why have we got six players that are still on the books? If Teixeira is such a high owner, get rid of him somehow. But that, that's the reason. Yeah. That's so the re- you've yeah. got seven players, let's say, who are all earning so much money that we then can't b- bring in players because we can't afford them. Yeah. And, that, and that's the point I'm trying to make, is that Russell's come in. I mean, there's, there's two strains to this one, apart from you know, the atmosphere around the club as well, which I think is very hard to work in anyway. But in terms of trying to rebuild a squad, and as you say, he, he will be hamstrung. There must be so much money sloshing around on these players who aren't here. That that means he, therefore, has only got a smaller budget to work with, and therefore he's dealing with the aftermath of what's happened over the last couple Absolutely. of years. And it's very well publicised. The majority of Charlton fans blame that on. And, and I don't... It almost goes without saying, but people blame that on Ronan and Katrine. Of course, yeah. and, and that's where the buck stops. It has yeah. to. Excellent. Right. Um, uh, Ronan Time to Go says, oh, yeah, he's got the nine players for us. So Foley, Konza, Tex, uh, Teixeira, Chickson, Bauer, Lennon, Fox, Solly and Pierce. That was the nine defenders we had in the oh, squad. Yeah. Ten if you count Declan Rudd. Is Chickson a defender or a midfield? I don't know. Well, I thought he's a left-back, but he seen, every time I've seen him, he seems to have played in left midfield. So maybe It could I'll, be a left-back yeah. who's playing left midfield, that's yeah. true. The same with um, Foley mm. on the right, so yeah. yeah, he could be right. Uh, ben Wheeler says, squad is not good enough. Either Slade's fault, in which case he should be sacked, or Roland's, in which case he, uh, Slade should walk. Well, you do wonder if that might uh, that might come to a head, depending on what happens in January. The mm. only thing I will say is... Um, um, we're. I mean, I know. I know. I'm, I'm sure even a football manager at our level will earn a, a fair whack compared to you know you you or I. But um, you know, he's still got to feed his family. I, I, if I came in, if I came into a job where I was promised a certain amount of money to do this job, but then they t- if at work someone took away my computer and I couldn't, and they were like, "Go on, carry on." I was like, well, what, what? "I would not therefore quit and then not take the money that's owed to me." I'd be like, "Well, you owe me money." So if you walk away, you tend not to get your. That's how it works, and you don't you fall yeah, that, contract, yeah, so. that, that, that's true. And yeah. there's also that uh, obviously, if you walk away rather than get uh, getting pushed, um, it would look better on your CV, I would expect, rather than uh, getting sacked. Uh, if you say, right, those promises haven't been made, so therefore yeah. I can't operate, I'm, I'm on my toes. Uh, it might increase your chances of getting another job potentially, yeah. uh, but uh, you're right, of course, that um, we you know, everybody's got yeah. mouths to feed. Um, you walk away, you get nothing. I guess the one thing I will say, I don't think you really come out of it that bad if you get sacked by this lot. Because <laughs> I, I guess uh, <laughs> you know, I, you know, Chris Powell got jobs after he got sacked. Here. Obviously, point. obviously, the network nobody's we had um, have struggled to get jobs in this country because they're not known. But um, if you get sacked by this guy, everyone's like, oh, you're sacked by the guy who sacked everyone. Well, that's, that's right. what I meant about being careful what you wish for because yeah. um, it's not necessarily guaranteed that we'd get another English manager. Or an, an, no, no, let me rephrase that: get another manager from this league. 
or yeah. from this, uh, who's operating in this country a lot, that knows that knows knows how we, to do it. We've just missed out on tactics, Tim. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bob Liscombe says, talking of the players out on loan, how about a weekly update on each? Might as well rub it in. I don't think it's possible to find out how some of these uh, teams that these guys play for on the internet because they're like, so low down. <laughs> Red Star <laughs> FC or whatever that Nabby's at. Too insignificant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, I think uh, because uh, it's going to be a, a major talking point perhaps for the rest of the show, uh, I'm going to play the interview now with Alan Davis. Um, Card announced uh, this morning that they were they, their, their latest stunt is uh, is underway. Uh, they've liver, uh, liveried up a, a, a classic black cab, the, the type you see driving around London every day. Uh, it's a Charlton fan who's driving it, um, and they've, they've they've covered it in Roland out paraphernalia. So you've got uh, the Roland's face, the card colours on it. Uh, it says Roland, time to go. It says taxi for Roland on it. Uh, we want our Charlton back, paid for by the Charlton fans. Uh, picture of a beach, a few beach balls, and picture of a few pigs, which I think are the most popular uh, <laughs> protest. So uh, any Charlton fan or any football fan who sees that driving around London for the next two months, I think it's how long it's two or three months. Mm. Uh, they're going to see that and. Um, be quite excited by that, I imagine. I dare say there's going to be so many people spotting it and taking photos. But uh, for the first two or three days uh, of this taxi's existence, they're driving it out to Belgium. Uh, Tomorrow is Roland du Chatelet's 70th birthday. Uh, We've already seen, actually, some fans singing happy birthday to him through a window, uh, and we'll talk about that a bit more after the interview. That's uh, the 2% uh, sent us a tweet of that. Uh, they tweeted it out yesterday. I'm sure you've all seen it. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, Alan, uh, uh, card very good as we well know at their at their publicity. So they got in, they got in contact with. I know it's the Sun newspaper had the story this morning. Uh, obviously, Richard at the SLP had it, uh, and they spoke to me as well because uh, they wanted to get the message out to the Trump fans by our show. So last night I rang uh, Alan Davis when I got back from Swindon uh, to discuss how. Uh, uh, what their plans are for the next few days. This is Alan Davis from Card. Uh, he's currently, I think they've, they've got to Belgium now. I've just seen yeah. the tweet from Joe Reid actually it's saying they're beer, settling down for a beer in Belgium, which I guess if you're going all that way, best thing to do for it. It's uh, the only reason to go. Yeah, it's, <laughs> the, it's the only good thing that's ever come out of Belgium, apart from Tintin. And chocolate. And chocolate and Carol Fry. This is uh, Alan <laughs> Davis there. Out, he's out on the car trip. This is what he uh, had to tell us about the Taxi for Roland stunt. Now joined on the phone by Alan Davis from Card. Uh, good evening, Alan. How are you doing? Hi, Louis. Doing very well, thank you. Excellent stuff. Right. Uh, it's Saturday evening at the moment, but tomorrow evening, by the time that we play this out on the show, uh, the news would have broken that Card's latest stunt is underway. What, what have you guys got planned? Well, it's called Taxi for Roland, and it's something quite novel. Uh, we've actually got a standard London taxi, typical black cab, completely decked out in protest livery. Uh, that livery is going to be on the taxi for three months around the streets of London over the Christmas and New Year period. But its launch, its debut, will be tomorrow when we're taking it to Belgium, taking the protest to the Chatelet's backyard, and uh, we're going to be out there until uh, Tuesday. Um, and uh, we hope to make a bit of a splash both in the UK as we're travelling and in Belgium when we're arriving. Yeah, obviously you're, you're, you're coinciding this, uh, this uh, stunt to... Uh, to, to coincide with Roland's birthday. Why have you chosen this weekend in particular then? Well, we've been wanting to, to, to do something in Belgium for a while. Um, I think we've had quite a lot of uh, success with our protests in the UK. And uh, we're, we're admirers of the, uh, the, the Belgium 20, that so-called, who have actually taken the fight out there. But we wanted to do it in a way which would be truly memorable and make a big splash. And... Um, this presented itself as an opportunity. Uh, we've been looking at doing posters out there, 
taking the ad vans that we use for the sponsors event, things like that. And then uh, we, we uh, come across the idea, really, or had the idea of uh, liveryng uh, a London taxi. You don't get too many of those on the streets of Belgium, let alone one plastered in protest paraphernalia. And uh, we think that that will grab a lot of attention. And uh, do you, I guess you, the plan is to embarrass Roland in, in his home country? Yeah, very much so. Uh, we're, we're doing it in, in a relatively good-natured way, um, but the idea is to go to places which feature somewhere in his life. Um, it's no secret that we'll be going to St. Truden, and we'll be in St. Truden on his actual birthday for part of that day, um, but that represents his, his football interests, but he's also got political interests and also business interests. So we'll be making our present felt in, in more than one place. The idea being to both embarrass him, but also to point out to his country folk why we are protesting, what our problem is. Now, for those fans who haven't seen a, a picture of the taxi yet, how, how would you describe it? What, what sort of things have been covered uh, covering the taxi? Uh, well, it's uh, a standard uh, London taxi, if you can imagine it being sort of bright red with a yellowish kind of roof, card colours really, um, with the Roland Out logo on, um, the um, images of beach balls and uh, little pink pigs, uh, a message from uh, Charlton Athletic fans on it, and also we want our Charlton back. So the kind of the kind of things you can see if you looked um, at any sort of consistent set of images of the protest so far. And you said that the, the taxis, uh, after this trip, is going to be driving around London for the next couple of months. I'm guessing you're hoping that, that fans or, or people will spot it and maybe take photos of it and that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things we've, we've done is, is uh, tried very hard and succeeded in getting a Charlton fan who actually owns and drives the taxi around. And he's a Charlton fan who's been boycotting um, so he's very on board with what the protests are about. Uh, and we wanted that because, you know, we couldn't imagine many things worse than a Palace or a Millwall fan as a taxi <laughs> driver having it on their cab. Um, so he'll be able to speak from the heart about why he's done this. He's given up his, his taxi, in effect, to do this for us. And um, it shows the depth of feeling that he has, and we're very grateful to him. I imagine a lot of meticulous planning has gone into this uh, this trip that you're on. Uh, and, and, of course, uh, the, the taxi itself. How, how, how long has this, uh, has this stunt taken to plan? I've been working on this for probably the last two or three months uh, with, with increasing volumes and, and intensity, to be honest, and uh, you know, the wife will be glad when it's over. <laughs> uh, she hasn't seen too much of me. Um, but, uh, obviously, in the, in the last week, we've been doing the build-up with the, the birthday presents for Roland, which have been a very light-hearted... Uh, way of bringing the birthday to, to people's attention, ending with a bit more of a hard-hitting message to him today. But we will be carrying all of those presents and the card that was revealed today out in the taxi, together with uh, a petition, uh, the a representation, in effect, of, of the online petition. We'll also be taking things like black and white uh, balloons and beach balls to give out to the locals, especially kids, uh, when we engage with them on the streets of Belgium. Do you hope to bump into Roland at all on this trip? I know some, some Charlton fans bumped into him today, or today, which is Saturday. Do you, do you think yeah, you guys will have a chance amazing, to meet? Doesn't it? <laughs> uh, I, 
I mean, we would hope so. Um, it's it's not something we're expecting, frankly. Uh, we'll be out there, A, on his birthday and B, on working days. But uh, nevertheless, we're going to his haunts. Uh, if we do, um, Card hasn't sought a meeting with Du Chatelet. Uh, and uh, if he were to offer one, I think we'd have to discuss whether we would accept that or whether we would demur in favour of, of the trust, for example. Mm. But uh, nevertheless, if he approached us, um, we're certainly prepared to share our perspectives with him on why we're there and what he should do about it. Now, the the, the sort of protest ideas like this obviously don't come uh, free. You, uh, you've also had a hand in helping out organising the protest fund. Uh, so so all, all of this really has been paid for by, by Charlton fans. Yes, indeed. Yeah, this is straight out of the uh, protest fund. Um, we, we've had some good donations um, coming through on that, the, the coffers um, get depleted very quickly when we do something like this or, or as we did against Coventry. But the generosity of Charlton fans and, and the ferocity of them as well uh, with their detestation of the regime uh, continues to give us a steady flow of funds. Uh, this whole thing is probably costing us in the order of uh, about 2500 all told, um, and uh, we think that's going to be money well spent. Yeah. Uh, this uh, this week marks the one-year anniversary of the first. It wasn't a card protest, but it was the Spelly Out in black and white campaign, uh, the protest yeah. outside the Sheffield Wednesday game. Can you uh, can you believe that it's been a year already? And, and do you think that the protests are having the effect that you'd hope? Very difficult to say. Um, I've likened it before to a bit of a boxing match, really. You know, we're up against a pretty sturdy foe. Uh, and we don't know that there is a knockout punch. Um, but if we can keep jabbing him in the eye and uh, hitting him in the guts, you never know, he might just tire and, and give in. Mm. We don't know. All I do know is that we're not going to give up. Yeah, and you say there's, 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 there's not only the one stop on your, on your uh, trip this week, you've got a fair few things planned, so it's going to be in the news, I guess, for the next few days. That's right. We're not going to reveal the whole itinerary um, in advance, obviously. We want the story to unfold to an extent, and we want to retain a degree of flexibility. There may be opportunities that emerge that we want to take, and we don't want to be too rigid about it. But um, we'll be keeping uh, Charlton fans updated uh, via Twitter, Facebook, and on Charlton Life as much as we can, uh, and where possible, with photos and even video, video footage. Um, so... People should be able to follow the progress of the uh, of the cab, and we'll be back at the valley about five o'clock on Tuesday evening um, for for the big return. Now, in the in the wider football world, uh, protests are, they're they're pretty rife now amongst amongst various different football clubs. I noticed that Blackpool and Leighton Orient are going to have a, a joint protest next week. The Leighton Orient fans themselves have held meetings this week. Coventry, as we well know, had the uh, the protest joint with China. There, there seems to be so many clubs now. That, that are trying to take action against what they they see as their own club being poorly run. What what sort of uh, re, what sort of um, part do you think Cardiff played in this? That the way they've gone on over the last year is certain. I mean, there's there's been protesters before Card, but there certainly seem to have been quite a lot that have started joining in now since as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, everyone's got slightly different kind of issues, but it's amazing just how many there are. Um, we've, we talk to other clubs. We've talked to um, Coventry, of course, but we're also talking to Leeds and Blackpool about what they're doing and, and how they're going about it. I think it's fair to say we can all learn from each other. 
and certainly as somebody who's been very heavily involved in the protest fund, I think that that level of funding and organisation is something which is a bit um, beyond what they're capable of doing at the moment. And that's not about an individual thing. It's about having the right kind of forum um, in the way that we have with child life in particular um, to be able to reach large numbers of people and, and, and get people with the same kind of feelings mobilised. Um, but I think there's opportunities to work more closely together with those clubs and to do things jointly. I mean, I would love to see something where we all do a joint uh, protest aimed at the uh, EFL, the English Football League, and or the FA to try and prompt some kind of reaction from those bodies as opposed to just targeting the clubs themselves. Yeah, because a lot has been said recently, I guess, about how obviously the, the, the current Charlton protest is aimed at the owner, but there are, there are as throughout the Football League, as you say, clubs in, in turmoil, are there, are, what, what steps do you think that the, perhaps the Football League or that the FA could or should be taking to try and help clubs such as Charlton? Well, I certainly think that they should be looking very closely at the fit and proper persons rule. I mean, it's a, just a joke at the moment. Um, it seems to be that if somebody isn't actually in prison at the time that they're uh, <laughs> buying a club, they're OK. Um, but I, I also don't think it should be something which is a, a, a one-off test before before an acquisition is made, I think there should be a regular review of the uh, suitability of owners and the management and executives of clubs uh, to, to run those properly. I know there's a line to be drawn. I mean, these are companies. They're private companies sometimes. But if they want to play in the Football League, the Football League has got some real muscle uh, that it doesn't seem to want to use. I mean, you know, spending their time on this, you know, the whole game solution and coming up with the, you know, the checker nonsense trophy, <laughs> um, you know, they maybe could spend their time a little bit more productively uh, dealing with some of the real problems. Well, Alan, I hope you and your guys, how many guys have you got out there over the next few weeks? The next few days? Uh, there'll be 12 of us, including mm. myself. Yeah, right. And um, we've got a mixture ranging from 19 uh, to, to somebody uh, who's in their later 60s. Is that um, you? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm near the top end of the scale, but not quite there. Um, but, you know, male, female, mix of ages, representing Charlton fans who care about our club and want this regime to go. Excellent. I hope you uh, you guys enjoy your few days, if that's the right um, turn of phrase, and I hope you um, achieve what you, you hope to achieve. Thanks for joining us. Um, uh, I'm, I'm guessing you watched the, the Swindon game on the telly earlier, so you, you probably need, need a weekend away just to relax. Yeah, I, I, I went to the council dump to get rid of some garbage halfway through <laughs> the second half, simply because that was more entertaining than the football. <laughs> it tells you a lot. Yeah, excellent stuff. Right, and then I hope it all goes well out there, and uh, I'm sure I'll speak to you uh, on your return to England. Thank you, Louis. Johnny Jackson! It's in! Johnny Jackson! Charlton Live. From the home of time. time. This is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. They got that deep, they all needed snorkels. Charlton Live. 
So I'm about to chat live here on Maritime Radio. That was Alan Davis, who's part of the uh, travelling contingent that Card are taking uh, over to Belgium. Dave Mack said that he, he thinks the idea is great stuff, but I suspect that Roland is more of an Uberman. <laughs> <laughs> and Ashley says, whoever came up with the ideas for this week and the taxi are genius. I really hope uh, that I spot it around London. I mean, that is that is the big thing now. Is I suspect it? it's the bloke who owns a taxi come up with the idea. Can you think of the fare to Belgium? <laughs> yeah, probably made a few quid. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that, that's going to be the game now, isn't it? Uh, for the next two, three, was it two or three months when you're around central London? You got to play spot the the rolling. Oh yeah, spot the, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and tweet it into us. Tweet, right. Yeah, tweet at Charlton Live if you see it. I'm sure Carl will be asking for tweets. As yeah, well, I'm but, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in fact, we, there, there was a press release that went out from uh, from Carl today, and I'll just read out. I'll just read out briefly uh, what it says. So, protesting Charlton fans determined to get absentee owner Ronald Duchatelet out of their club are this afternoon taking their message across the channel, emblazoned on a black cab, to mark the Belgian businessman's 70th birthday on Monday. The coalition against Ronald Duchatelet have a, uh, a traditional London taxi covered with many of the well-known visual images of the protests at the valley over the past year the cab is heading a small convoy of vehicles carrying card activists on a three-day tour of belgium targeting locations representing du chatelet's key interest areas of football politics and business uh, the taxi was briefly on display behind the north stand at the valley on sunday morning and then left for, Bel- the, for belgium following a brief service of remembrance at 11 a.m i saw actually the uh, i was chatting to the one of the security guards who was here this morning and said they had a, a nice little service outside uh, we've got the um, memorial to Charlton yeah. uh, Charlton related people who, who were involved during the, during the wars uh, outside so they had a good remembrance service there at 11 o'clock uh, today a card spokesman said we are taking uh, the protest to Belgium in an unusual way to gain maximum exposure of Du Chatelet's incompetence and destruction of our club in his home nation. It is intended to be engaging and non-threatening, but also embarrassing for him and Chief Executive Catherine Mayer uh, to have their disastrous regime laid bare before the Belgian public and media. Uh, so, yes, it seems like a good idea. So, it was, like I said, it was in the sun today, and uh, the amount of Belgian... Uh, news agencies I've seen uh, with stories they're picking it up uh, already yeah, aren't so I, I, I do wonder if we're I, I dare say we're not the only people who receive that email it must have gone out to Belgium as well oh of course yeah it has to yeah and uh, uh, no it's it, it, I, you, we shouldn't be surprised about uh, the consistent uh, genius ideas from Charlton fans and uh, looking forward to the double decker bus one Mill Ward have already stolen them. They, they drive that stupid bloody bus yeah, around I don't they uh, Matthias Johnson said, "As a referee, I love uh, I love the whole game system. To be fair, to be fair to the FA, what can they actually do? They can't stop people buying a club, and that and that, that's something I think I mentioned on the show a few weeks ago. I, I mean, obviously, I asked Alan what he thought they should do, and he, and he came up with a few ideas there. But I, I just uh, uh, pretty much what Alan said. If, if someone's not in jail, or if they haven't done anything illegal, I don't understand how they can stop. Um, my, you know, uh, my, the phrase I used a couple of weeks ago is that you can stop." A criminal doing something, but you can't stop an idiot doing something, can you? <laughs> no, you can't. Sorry, you can't. You ever know? No, the, the FA can't dictate to how someone runs their company, you know. And even though we all think it, no, it's the wrong way. Um, I don't see how you, yeah, like unless you're a criminal, I don't think how you're going to be able. To what, stop I, what I, I think the one thing that I think uh, the FA um, should be proactive in, uh, and I agree, by the way, it's almost impossible to stop anybody buying a club uh, unless they've um, got a criminal record, etc. But so, but what I would like to see as soon as as soon as there is a hint, uh, as as there must be uh, on quite a few clubs uh, in in this in the football league, <clears throat> and possibly in the Premier League, is that they um, they put uh, together with the council um, and approach it and do it properly some form of injunction on the ground itself 
So there is no danger, therefore, of somebody coming in and purely asset stripping uh, and selling the land underneath. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I mean, we've uh, got the, I think, the AVC thing, which is the, the trust had put on the valley a couple of years ago, which is, means there has to be some some sort of six yeah, of course, month. Yeah. yeah, but I think if the FA wanted to prove or at least uh, show some form of uh, um, solidarity to the to the clubs in their uh, under their guise, then at least trying to or showing that uh, they've spoken to the council they you know they're a bit worried about the way this is going therefore we've put an injunction they they can't just sell the land uh, for 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 cash or or to build houses on etc cetera, etc cetera. i don't know it's put something in place to at least show the fans that they understand that there's not a great deal they can do about it but at least they uh, their club per se is is protected mm-hmm. i don't know if that's possible by the way i just think uh, yeah. if the FA, at least it would show the, the fa doing I mean, something it'd be good if there's some sort of like driving test with a point system for, for managing football <laughs> clubs so whereby if you pass it the first time right well done you've passed but i've passed my driving test you'll maybe chopped to about 10 years ago if for, if if i suddenly had 15 crashes then maybe they could take it away but obviously that's not how it works in the world of business unfortunately mm. uh, brenda uh, good evening brenda says uh, that she's going to book the taxi for her boss next week after a client dinner uh, she says she can't can't wait to see the Arsenal fan <laughs> climbing. <laughs> uh, uh, Pedro Rock says, uh, Pete said, uh, he fell asleep during the taxi thing uh, and then into the valley woke him up with, with Pete and Tail screaming at him. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, I think he fell asleep because it's late, not because of the taxi <laughs> thing itself. He lives out in Qatar. I hope you enjoyed the Qatar-Russia game the other day. Uh, right, we're going to hop onto the emails. I'm just going to jump first onto a DM that we got as well. Uh, someone who had problems emailing us. James Heath says, uh, uh, with regards to Swindon, yes, we played terrible, but didn't have many options with what could be seen as our four most effective players missing. We've, we've all known it since the start of the season. Our defence is OK by yesterday. Our attackers' goals in them, but have yet to really show this effectively. But our midfield is not going to create enough. And I think that's hit the nail on the head there, really. I mean, in terms of goal score, we, we, we haven't... I mean, we feel that's potential there. We know we like we like Ricky Holmes, we like Adam Andrew going forward. I think McGuinness is a great player for us. So Jose hasn't anywhere near hit the heights of what we'd hoped for yet. Novak's picks up a couple. I feel a bit sorry for Nicky Jose, though, to be yeah. fair, because, um, I mean, Tuesday night showed what... Uh, yeah, was what, that the sort of chance that, he wanted, That's yeah. the sort of chance he feeds off uh, balls into the box, especially in and around the six-yard box, that he can he's sharp in that area. Um, and we don't, we don't do that enough. Mm. And so you do feel a bit. I mean, th- there was times yesterday where, because we had no width, you had um, uh, Novak and a Jose out wide, and of course they're looking then up to put the ball into the middle for who, because they're the ones that are supposed to be in there. Mm. So it was just, uh, yeah. I mean, um, I think it, it, he's, he's spot on about the midfield. We 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 can see it and have seen it for a while that it's an area that we have to we have to address. Mm. Uh. Uh, Red Chaser says that Slade said he wants a reaction I can give him one but you won't be able to repeat it on air <laughs> <That's pretty laughs> uh, VFF says Charlton Fortunes will only change and improve when Duchatelet sells and may no longer have a job at the club the current midfield which was clearly going to struggle due to its lack of pace and creativity from the start of the season is a prime example of a lack of ambition and knowledge that is dooming the club uh, right um Actually, I will just briefly mention because I meant to mention it during the um, the talk about the taxis. Obviously, we so the two uh, percent have tweeted tweeted yesterday a video. They're they're out there. I understand they're set, they're, they're a separate thing from Carl. I think it's more likely the Belgian twenty group that we've seen that went out. Uh, when, when was it? Sort of last Marchish mm. time, and they went out there uh, and did some business at St Truden. Uh, and I think I don't know if it was the same time or another time they went out. And obviously, uh, I think it's the same people. I'm not certain, but there's some people went to Katrine's house as well. Uh, but they've shown yesterday they bumped into uh, Roland du Chatelet, um, and uh, well, I'm not, I haven't checked it, but people on the forum are implying that the restaurant they saw him in was actually the restaurant that's at St Trudens Ground. So he's just eating his dinner right by the window there, and these Charlton fans have rocked up 
with <laughs> one of the big Roland and Katrine Time to Go banners and they're singing Happy Birthday. Happy birthday yeah. They've only they've only very they've teased us, haven't they? We're very short clips. So about three seconds, isn't it? Yeah. So there's got to be something. You've he started it. reacting towards the end of the video. Yeah. Do you reckon they brought him a birthday cake they put on the table? So <laughs> but they only gave him two percent of the cake. One of those giant one of those giant <laughs> cakes that has a stripper inside. But when it when it, when it comes <laughs> out when it comes out it's just nabby saw. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, images so, yeah so and, uh, we, they've got other videos they've been handing leaflets or delivering leaflets out in the Centurion area so it would appear so I'm hoping we see more of that because mm. in terms of uh, finding out what they've done because they've, they've teased us with these clips so I reckon they're building up to something they've certainly um, caught my attention and I'm excited to find out what, what happens there but anyway so we've got uh, 20 minutes or so to, to go through uh, the emails and we've got a number yeah and plenty um, of people want to react to what they saw on TV yesterday or, or indeed in or person indeed in person yeah uh, Dan Haynes first one up the, on the list um, thanks Dan apologies but another moan from me <laughs> no apologies necessary by the way uh, Slade says he doesn't see that didn't see that performance coming the moment I saw this four man midfield I think it was very likely we were going to get this performance it proves uh, what so many know we rely heavily on our two wide players in Lookman and Holmes without them it's no intensity no drive no creativity just sideways passing or aimless long balls a club of promotion aspersions uh, and if we don't achieve that this season is a failure let's get ready for disappointment now sure we've picked up a couple of wins a host of draws and before yesterday hadn't lost in a while but they're all against bottom half of the table teams and even before that we disappointed against Wimbledon Oxford and Oldham I appreciate there is only so much Slade can say and he's honest on a lot of things but we are all kidding ourselves if we think that promotion is on the cards with this squad mm. rant over for now that's Dan cheers Dan I guess that when people try and Look at where they thought we were going at the start of the season. I don't know. Were there many people who were predicting promotion? I don't think I was. No. I think. I mean, obviously, you, you try and go in with a bit of positivity mm. and a bit of hope. But I think when people were seeing that squad, especially that two weeks before when we were told we were miles away from yeah, the squad, that's what Slade said. So yeah, and and, and we, he didn't really get added to after that. I think he asked for five or six, and we got two or three. And then yeah, and some went out as well, didn't they? Or so mm. yeah, I was I, like every season, no matter what league we're in, I'll be I'll be, I'll be positive and try and look forward to it. But I would never. Never thought we'd be up there, and but I think the strikers we've got, we should we should be there for you. We've got Makers, oh, we just need a few more. But we've already alluded to the midfield that we have. I don't think we're going to be anywhere near that top six. Yeah. Well, thanks for your email, Dan. You still owe me one cup of tea date in the office if you next time you're, you're running past. <laughs> Richard Richard Church has uh, emailed us in as well. Richard, thanks. Uh, headline shambles. Hi, all tweeted in after ten games to say that we were not good enough. You guys didn't wholeheartedly agree at the time, but I have a sense to downturn in your collective optimism lately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's probably the understatement of the century. Uh, played sixteen, won just four, also lost just four, but drawn eight. If we were a newly promoted side to League One, then this would be okay. But we were told at the start of the season we had a top six budget and the promotion was the target. No one wins promotion by winning just 25% of your games. We've scored 18, conceded 17. This is safe at best. If this was the championship, then no problem. But in League One, this is simply not good enough. Slade has never won a promotion, and it's now easy to see why. He is Mr. Safe. I don't necessarily want him to go because I fear who we would get in his place. The wrong choice could see us sucked into a relegation battle that we do not look mentally strong enough to deal with. Then we see Roland not watching the game via a live feed, as we're told he does each week. I can't believe nothing. Uh, I'm angry about uh, what these competent owners have done to us, and I'm scared for our future. Discuss. All the best to you all, Richard. I love that point at the end there, and that is actually something that came up, because uh, everyone started tweeting about this video during the game, so I, I couldn't really react to it because I was busy at the game. But someone, someone tweeted me after saying, I hope you asked Slade why the, the owner lies about watching the, the games. And obviously, I, I don't think he actually expected me to say that. It's probably frustration. <laughs> no, not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, <laughs> it would have been a very short interview yeah. had you done so. Considering um, that we are told he watches the games on stream and then we see... Uh, maybe Sky Plus it? It was on Sky yesterday. 
True, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, or um, or you know, he's obviously got got a bit of a time delay mm. uh, of a couple of hours. So maybe he didn't realise it was an early kickoff. Nah, yeah. See. Or, or maybe the video wasn't exactly or at that time. Somebody actually hadn't well. told him that uh, uh, it might have, it wasn't it was the international break, but we were still playing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although having said that, I mean, I know it is what well, is a bugbear that the fact he doesn't come here because a lot of people say, well, it shows he doesn't really care. Um, the one thing I would say is I don't think him watching the games would make much difference for us because he's an electronics man, not a football man. <laughs> there you go. If you're if you're after any proof of that, look at the last three years at this football club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan Farmer has uh, emailed us in thanks Dan uh, and we've got one to seven here guys uh, number one Slade has got to go tactic shocking if you play a diamond play Overstead at the tip got energy to get forward number two it's a squad game Slade keeps <coughs> Slade keeps saying well if that's how we play when, we, when uh, three first team players are out we have no hope uh, point three back four and rather all first team players shocking yesterday uh, five we had enough to beat Swindon yesterday but players have to take blame plus Slade I would take Luzon or Riga over Slade all day long That's, uh, I think, personally I think steady on on that one yeah, well <laughs> Riga yeah. uh, Luzon mm. uh, point six had enough of Charlton really starting to fall out of love with this club not fully yet but it's getting that way Point seven card great idea with a taxi will it work who knows but I don't think Deschetley really cares eating lunch while we're playing who would have thought it Mayor telling porkers again uh, <laughs> and that's from uh, from Dan cheers Dan yeah, cheers guys uh, cheers Dan yeah um the point six about had enough of Charlton. I mean, we've seen we've seen that from so many. I, I, I still I still get this not not the same levels as excitement going to the games, but I still um, you know I still look forward to it and I still enjoy my day. And I, even yesterday, I enjoyed bits of it. Like I mean, not the football, <laughs> nothing related to the football at all. I enjoyed having a laugh before the game with you guys. Tell, but. A lot when, of, when, when you try and look for the fun of, of, yeah. of Charlton now, um, the, the main bit is the football, and that's been sucked away for a lot of people, isn't it? That's true. I think. I think. Um, uh, I'd, you know, I, I remember back in the back in the day where I used to get angry when uh, when people used to say stuff like that because I didn't get it, um, and to a certain extent still don't because you know I I haven't, but I I do understand where people are coming from now, whereas a, a, a while ago I probably wouldn't have done. Um, and it's sad, really sad. And, right. and it's not just about, I, don't th- I know people say you, lo- you lose love of football if, if you're not winning games. I, I don't think it's about results. Yeah. Uh, if it had been, then, um, then life would be much simpler. I mean, a, a really good way of pointing out, Nath, is the amount of times I've, we've been driving home from the Thursday show now, and you've been going, I'm going on about going on a Saturday, even if it's a home yeah. game, because you're like, on oh, no one's going. Yeah, it's like, we, we used to be like 20 of us, you know, like, even like Dan and Karen used to come down, yeah. and used to be like 20, 30 of us all packed out. Now there's... Yeah, it was, I can't remember what game. I think it might have been the Chesterfield game. No, the Coventry game. It was like it was just me and my cousin. And like, there was no one else there, and it's just that was the day you wore your jumper, didn't you? Too hot. Yeah, and didn't was. wear a t-shirt underneath. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, 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 so that's I weird. <laughs> it was a bit weird. Yeah, what yeah. I found with my children is that um, they'll come to games. Yeah, they bought season tickets. They will come to games. And whereas in the past they'll come to games at the expense of anything else. Yeah. Now, if something else comes along that they actually quite want to do, they'll do it. Mm. And that's the difference in our family, in our household. That if something, whereas before, Charlton took prison over everything, and everything else was put on hold for the football season. Because of what's happening, that's slightly changed. Yeah. Um, and it's not because we're losing; that's nonsense. Because we, you know, we, we've, we've all been, been through relegations, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Mm. And in fact, um, you know, the last time we were in League One was 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 some of the best I think uh, times we had away yeah. um, in travelling. Um, as you say, twenty thirty of us were going. Um, so it's not about results at all. It's it's about um, losing connection, uh, and quite a few fans are losing connection with the club, and that, that's the sad bit. Yeah, uh, Pete says that Qatar versus Russell was a damn sight better than Charlton versus Swindon. <laughs> oh no, really? <laughs> I'm stunned. Uh, Sebo said he felt that neither team uh, deserved to be ahead at half time. The Bobby own goal 
which we didn't react uh, the way we can in the second half. Uh, Swindon deserved it on second half, though, but hopefully we'll bounce back next week. I mean, I, I, I think Swindon certainly edged it in the first half. Yeah, I'll tell um, you. In, in terms of getting the ball in and around, like I say, looking at chances written out, three or four or five maybe chances written before they scored, half chances perhaps. But So for me, I think if someone was going to go ahead, it was definitely yeah. them who deserved it. But. Yeah, they had far more attacking intent than we did, um, even if they didn't make too much of it, because there was a lot of scuff shot. And even that one that actually winning was an horrible shot that was going nowhere near the goal yeah. until, until it hit the back of Morgan Fox. Yeah, John Charles White says, not an absolute disaster yesterday, but the next worst thing, they need to regroup and iron out the reasons before Saturday. Uh, and then Ped, uh, Pete says, why would we get rid of Slade? Who would replace him here? We've been on the slides ever since Alan Kirby left. Found a point in it. Well, we had well, that. No, we had that, that no, but it's, it's true. You know, yeah, I mean, you yeah. can go back to that and say, you know, we didn't prepare for that properly. I think uh, that's well documented and uh, and hundred percent correct. I think what he's saying is, in terms of who who else do we get? I think he's got a valid point. That's what I meant. Like, yeah. who who would you get? Who would want well, it? Who would this look? Yeah. Who would this? Look? I mean, yeah. it, like, they 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 went after a British experience. We saw with Chris Wilder and, and Russell say they got them. Who else would come in? Especially, I mean, spotted this yesterday. Um, Ian Holloway was their new QPR manager. Obviously, everyone loves and hates Ian Holloway for the same reasons. I mean, he's, he's, an, he's entertaining, that's certain, but everyone knows him. But I was, we were standing by the tunnel after the game, and he knew everyone. He knew all the Swindon players. Don't know how. He knew everyone no, around the ground at Swindon. He knew everyone. In football, people know everyone. People talk. Uh, like mm. the guy who's doing BBC Wiltshire yesterday for Swindon know, knows Jacko well. I mean, everyone knows each other. So surely Slade's putting out the same, I'll tell you what, that's not a good job to take on. If if that if, if if it would come to that as well, exactly. I mean, I don't think we'd have many many people jumping mm. at the chance to manage us. I, mean, I might be wrong, but yeah. I know I wouldn't be. Dan's clarified. He it says it's not it's not because of results. It's just a feeling around the club, negative on and off the pitch, and that's pretty much what we we're expecting. Really, there. So, right, got to race through these because uh, time's pushing. Um, Stephen Taylor has emailed in. Thanks, Stephen. Last week I said. Uh, um, Hashtag NVFC. And FA Cup was my worst game. It's Norfolk Victoria. Norfolk Victoria, yeah. Um, although I wasn't there yesterday, this was totally embarrassing. Russell Slade and every player should hang their heads in shame. And uh, also the lack of uh, knowledge from Sky regarding our situation is incredible. Ian Holloway should get some facts before. But I think that's a garbage, <laughs> as, as uh, Louis just alluded to. Uh, but as we all know, this is where we are at the moment. Only one thing will change and achieve target 20,000. Uh, hashtag Roland out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I heard of people talking about it. Obviously, we didn't, I haven't seen the Sky coverage, but apparently people are unhappy with some of the things said there. I mean, the club, I imagine, would have briefed them, judging by some of the things they said, or at least they've done some sort of research. It sounds more like brief to me, because they had specific numbers on fans' meetings. Yeah, they wouldn't uh, yeah. They wouldn't uh, side with the fact... They just wouldn't. That's not Sky's... Um, yeah. Because they've got to keep him with the club. They have covered the protests before. I Up mean, to a point. they... they yeah, outside the uh, Middlesbrough game with the funeral and whatnot. But, yeah. uh, Aaron's uh, emailed as well. Thanks, Aaron. Greetings, Charlton Live. Definitely the worst performance by a professional football team I have ever seen. Nobody had a clue how to be positive or they couldn't be asked. Uh, De Chatelet Mayor have shown an utter lack of respect to fans and staff from day one. Just look how power was treated. Look how many staff have left the club. Look how many sponsors and supporters have abandoned this moribund club. People must support God as something drastic has to change. Oh, and if De Chatelet had one ounce of respect for Charlton, he'd have sacked me long ago. The fact he hasn't says it all for me, and that's so all the best from Aaron. That seems slightly untouchable, doesn't she? <laughs> the, the regime as a whole, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah that's probably true, yeah. Uh, Tim Ruffle uh, also has uh, emailed. Thanks, Tim. I watched yesterday's game with my dad, two young boys. Naively thought we would win and push for playoffs. Instead, I watched a woeful performance devoid of passion or skill. We made Swindon look very good. 
Although Slade apologised to fans, not a lot else he could do. I disagree that the opening goal was unlucky. Their player ran at least 20 yards without being challenged and then lays off an easy ball. The deflection was unfortunate, but give any team that time and space and you'll be punished, which is a very good point. Uh, didn't renew my season deep with a heavy heart, but that decision is proving to be a wise one. Lost the excitement of going to the Valley and I fear if things continue like this, my boys will look elsewhere for entertainment. The £1 for a kid's deals only work when you have a winning team. I was behind Slade up till yesterday, but I think he's lost my support now. A good performance and a win against Port Vale would put us back near the playoffs, but every team coming to the Valley fa- fancies their chances. Troubled times, running out. Tim from Orpington. Cheers, Tim. Tom, Tom Wallin, has uh, emailed us in. Yeah, couldn't make it back from, from Cambridge for the show tonight, Tom, yeah. but uh, it's done an email anyway. All right, lads, he says. Um, all right, Tom. <laughs> uh, you can't hear us, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Sorry I couldn't make it today, but uh, emailing, I've still made more effort than the players did yesterday. Fair <laughs> enough. Easily the worst I've seen us play this season. Sure, we had players missing, but there's no excuse for such a lack of effort and desire. Ulverstad, sigh. Aside, the lack of quality was such a worry. Shows what happens when you don't build a squad, Roland. Seen it before and seeing it again, even if we sneak up this year at level very little to do with a change of strategy from the top enough of that shambles anyway on to card who are organised committed hard working and a real unit I'm shame they don't play every Saturday uh, I can't repeat my tweet this time of the evening but uh, this latest process is nothing short of phenomenal ticks every box massive publicity very topical dedicated as a Charlton fan I can't think, thank each and every member enough for the work that they are doing to get our club back every week that passes I feel like we're getting a little bit closer enjoy the show see you Thursday that's from Tom cheers, cheers Tom. Tom yeah I mean obviously a lot of people talk about their uh, admiration for the work that Card do, and I certainly uh, join in with them. I mean, there are people on the other side of it as well. Uh, if you if you spread your, your your views out to some of the other forums as well, and obviously these people are more than more than welcome to get in contact with the show if they want to. They haven't really had too much of that over the last few weeks, but um, it, anyone who wants to put any view forward is more than welcome on Channel Live. But I guess some, I, I think most of the stuff we get now is very fairly positive for Card. Yep. Uh, James Fern has actually found a highlight, a Swindon highlight, uh, and it is, uh, and it's undoubtedly a certain father and son caught on camera performing naughty hand actions. Uh, the heartbreaking part is that was genuinely all I can remember about the game. I love Cheers, that. James, I love that father and son. Yeah, it it made me laugh so much. Those two, because um, I've got a story about those two myself, actually, which I told I told you yesterday. <laughs> uh, but if anyone hasn't seen it, basically Sky panned in on this father and son, and there's a certain scene in the in between, and then wish they hadn't. Yeah, there's a certain scene in the in between where I think Jay pretends he's waving before transforming the hand gesture into a different one. More of a cupped finger. Yeah, and, um, but so that was really funny. It's got loads of retweets we've ever put it up there. But that, that, those two, uh, as I was parking up the car yesterday and walking towards the ground, those two were there. Um, I saw the kid in the Charlton show, I thought the Charlton fans, so I sort of thought nothing of it. And the dad over the road shouted, all right, you're all right, you're going to do a nice report for us today. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, if we win. And he went to his son, you know, it is, it, that's that Ollie Groom. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, cheers, mate. I think, I think Ollie would probably be more upset about that. Did you, have you told Ollie this, this year? I, I, I didn't speak to Ollie yeah. at all yesterday. The only time, only time I was anywhere near him was when he brought Russell down for the interview. I didn't actually uh, get a chance to, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what his reaction today is. <laughs> uh, right, we've got a couple more still. Honoured, I imagine. Uh, Zach. Uh, Zaki Dogliani uh, thanks uh, Zaki hi guys Slade uh, said it wasn't his kind of team yesterday but he put Foley Crofts Jackson and Ulverstad in the same midfield at Oxford even when Lookman Holmes and Bataka were available in both cases we were extremely poor and looked like anything but playoff contenders yesterday was embarrassing obviously Roland's the main cause of this mess we're in and in the players deserve some of the blame yesterday too but Slade's been hugely disappointing um, and that's a fair point about the Oxford game, by the way. Um, I mean, I'm, you know, we've said it countless times already this evening. The midfield isn't just an area that, if we don't strengthen that in uh, in January, uh, it's going to be a very long season indeed. Mm. I mean, uh, just imagine that we didn't get that late 
Overstad signing, and he came in on transfer <laughs> deadline day yeah. without him. Oh, Lord, yeah, oh, there's a thought. I do like Overstad. Yeah. Uh, no, he's, he's just got there something about him. No yeah. question about it. So you know, so why he was wasted out on the left end, especially in the first half, was yeah. just just bizarre. Anyway, uh, finally at the moment, uh, Jim Dutton's email. Thanks, Jim. <clears throat> All the positivity that I felt over the last few weeks evaporated in South London pub yesterday. For the five, first five minutes, I thought we looked great. Uh, <laughs> then I realised Swindon were in red. Uh, what a very sad display. That's from Jim. Cheers, Jim. Yeah, they certainly did start with the uh, the majority of possession yesterday. Apparently, right, Dan said that apparently Sky said that Mayor has met 34 different fans groups uh, and Ian Holloway was slagging off our supporters, apparently. So well, I haven't heard these quotes, so I need, I need to go back and listen to them and find out exactly what he said. But uh, a lot of people were saying what Dan said, that they, they weren't very happy. And said that Roland has put £34 million in, which, as we know, is, is probably true, but it's in as a loan, so therefore we're saddled with the amount of debt. Yeah. So saddled with, what, £40, £50 million pounds worth of debt, which is uh, it's, it's not completely uncommon. I think that's the way the Glazers sorted their, their sort of things out as well. That's the loudest sweet rapper I've ever heard, Nate, by the way. Trying to get rid of it. Yeah, he hasn't got earphones on. Uh, right, really loud. Yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, but so, but we we are one of those clubs now who are indebted to that. I owner. think. I, look, I think what you've got to break it down uh, is that uh, is is it about money? Because yes, he's, he's 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 bought the club, so he's invested in money in the club. And yes, uh, all right, whether it's loans or whatever, he has spent money. Whether it's in loans and he's getting money back, it, it, regardless, he's spending money. <laughs> What you fail to grasp, or, and I fail to grasp, and I think most people do, is that when you're spending that sort of money, you want success, yeah, that's don't a, you? What's yeah. the point? It's, point? it's pointless bragging about, hey, look, I've spent £35 million on this pack of bananas. So, well done. <laughs> it's, it's like, mm. it's, it's, not, it's not money well spent, if is I, it? If I, had, if I had a roof that I wanted to be the best roof in, in the country, uh, or certainly best roof in the area that I'm in. You want it up there, and I you? Yeah, I spent, <laughs> I spent £40 million on a roof. That still leaked. Hmm. I'd think. I tell you what. I probably ought to fix it. Or get out the or, get out the or, roof or, game or, completely. Or find out. Yeah, exactly. Or stop doing it. <laughs> yeah. Get an actual roofer in. Yeah, exactly. Somebody who knows that knows what they're doing. Yeah. Exactly. So what I don't get. I mean, is if you're if you're spending that money and that's the money you've spent and that's the money you've put in. Why would you accept something that is so inferior? Yeah, so it makes on, no sense. On that note, on the uh, the message to uh, to Rowland from Charlton Life is get out of the roof game, <laughs> uh, go back to electronics because you're good at that. We're going to have to end the show because it is half past uh, eight. Thank you for all your tweets and your emails. Thank you for Alan Davis from Car for giving us that exclusive interview uh, on the taxi for Rowland uh, situation. Uh, thank you, Nathan, for coming in this evening. Nice, see you Thursday. Yeah, thank you, Tell. Cheers. Next week, I'll bring that WD40 in. Yeah, yeah looking forward <laughs> to it. Yeah, because we definitely need a new chair. I won't be here next Sunday, so uh, hopefully Terry. Or, or Tom will be uh, taking the reins next Sunday but we will be back on Thursday evening the big match preview with myself uh, Nathan and Tom as we look ahead to next week's game against Port Vale this has been uh, Charlton Live on your Sunday evening I've been Louis Mendes hope you've enjoyed the show uh, we'll see you again on Thursday evening What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.